Hi and welcome to the Journalism Salute. I'm Mark Simon. In each episode, we'll talk to or about an interesting person or organization related to journalism. The intent is to show that journalists are not the enemy of the people. Thank you for listening. On this episode, we're joined by Michael Clare. This episode is airing right around the time of the World Series. Michael Clare covers what I would call the wide world of baseball for MLB.com. He writes features about interesting people and stories around the world connected to playing baseball and other things, too. Hey, Michael. Hey, Mark. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm, I'm so happy to, to join you today. All right. So let's talk origin stories to start. What's your journalism origin story? Uh, kind of one of the weird ones where you kind of fall into your career. I was a baseball fanatic my whole life. I think most people in this job are. The one thing that's weird is I was a terrible actual baseball player. One for 17 in my final Little League season. We won the town championship. I struck out of my last at bat and the coach said, that's your best at bat all season. And I said, great. I think I'm done with this sport. So <laughs> a lot of people tend to be good in the sport they covered, at least for a little bit. That wasn't me. But no, I, I went to Emerson College in Boston. I was a acting major. I then ch- changed to a creative writing major. Then I moved out to LA to do acting and stand-up comedy and writing. Did a couple small things. If you've seen an episode of House with a drunk frat boy, no lines. This was a featured extra role, but uh, that's me. Season six, I think. But what I started doing was I would be at open mics waiting to go on stage. And I started writing a baseball blog. It was to just something to do with my friends from college. I missed talking to them about baseball. I did that. And then I started doing that more and then more and then more. I once got a meeting with a president of a network through, you know, like a friend of a family's friend of a family, friend of a family. During the 45 minute meeting, I talked about baseball the entire time. He said at the end, this was a great conversation. Thank you for coming in. You have a bag of scripts with you, but you didn't talk about that at all. Have you thought about writing about baseball? And it like quite literally, I never considered it a career option. It was a, it was something I did in my free time. And it, by that point, I was waking up early before I, I, I had a product placement job in LA. Uh, I was waking up in the morning. I was writing over lunch. I was writing at dinner. I had an old blog, old time family baseball, cult baseball blog. Some people know it if you were on the internet in like 2012, but you know, I wasn't like earning money from it. And that, that was, that was the, the, the call that, that, kind of changed my trajectory. And I thought, yeah, why don't I do this? And, you know, I, I got to write MLB Daily Dish SB Nation. I have to thank going to Sabre and meeting Mike Bates, Bill Parker, Jason. I wrote for Platoon Advantage. I met Emma Spann. She gave me my first like real shot to write a couple things for Sports on Earth back in the day. And yeah, eventually that led to MLB where I was doing cut four just blogging and that was nine years ago and I've told people you're gonna have to drag me out of the building because I can't play baseball but I can at least write about it so that's that's the that's the long and and short of it so is there anything in your family or heritage that lent itself to either storytelling or the baseball aspect of this 100%. 100%. This is the one. My mom is, she is a writer. You know, she has novels and poems unpublished in her on, under her bed, but, you know, her job's PR, so she writes day to day. 
And it's her. She read to me every night to go to sleep long past the age when most people stopped because I loved it and she enjoyed it. So we went, you know, from kids books to chapter books to, and I made her read, you know, the Ken Griffey Jr. biography, you know, like those little slim scholastic book fair books. And she read those and she would read the greatest games in baseball. And, you know, she'd be reading at eight o'clock at night. I get late for me. I don't know what time I don't have children yet. So I don't know what time is late (laughs) for a child, but you know, it'd be, late and you know it'd be it was the bottom of the seventh and brooks robinson made a diving you know and it's so it's always been there storytelling is the probably the most important thing me and my my mother share we to this day when i'm at my parents house when we wake up in the morning we make a cup of coffee and then we sit and we read together for a half hour or an hour the dogs by our feet and then we start our day so that it, it definitely comes from my mom my grandmother is a huge baseball fan my dad hates baseball. He coached Little League. He he did the work. They were like, he hates it. He says it's so boring, miserable. I used to think baseball tickets, I'm not saying like it's cheap to take a family. I get it. But I used to think baseball tickets were the most expensive thing on earth because we went to one, me and my dad would go to one major league game every summer. So when I became an adult and I had a job and I went, oh, I can just like pay money for these. This is, this is an easy thing to get. I realized. So yeah, it, all this come, comes back to, to my mother and, and my grandmother, probably. Gotcha. And just to clear something up, too. So you're writing for MLB.com. You're kind of, yeah. I guess, journalism adjacent, uh, Yes. I guess, as, as opposed to journalism. And I'll let you just kind of articulate on that. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, yeah, I do. I do work for the league. I work for uh, Major League Baseball. But, you know, what I'm doing is I'm 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 telling the stories that I that I really want to tell. I'm I'm sharing the stories with people that you know really excite me, and you know I've I've had an uh, an awful lot of freedom in in pursuing the stories I want to tell and and, and telling them the way I want. You know, um, if if I was working at a, a a different outlet, I would I would hope to be doing sort of the the same kind of stories. I'd, I'd be lucky, quite frankly, to tell the same kind of stories. Um, you know, if I was the Athletic, ESPN, or you know, like back when I first started doing, you know, SB Nation blogs, I would I would still be hoping to to do the same kind of thing and and uh, tell what I hope are some weird, wild and and wacky uh, baseball stories from from all over the globe. And I call it the wide world of baseball beat. How did how did that exactly come about? So this is this is fairly recent. It's something I really love. I've I've always loved, you know, the Olympics. International baseball wasn't really on my radar five, 10 years ago. And that's because people weren't talking about it. It wasn't something you could stream easily. It wasn't something that had a lot of English language broadcasts. And we'll get into this a little bit, but I think this is what, and it's not just the English language, but it's what Czech baseball's done so well is make this information easily available. Like when I try and find out stuff going on in the Netherlands league, honkball, it's a little difficult for me to navigate that. And so one was, was, things have improved a lot in the last couple of years Two world baseball classics getting bigger. And so basically I, I got super into soccer about 10 years ago, loved the international aspect, loved the community aspect, which is always what has always been kind of what I loved about sports, but couldn't articulate it perhaps. And then I realized, wait, just as there's a league two soccer team with 500 devoted fans, there are places in the world where they're playing baseball, a sport I know more about, I care more about, I love more deeply that have this same thing. So it's a little of that. And then I, you know, MLB, I started working closely with our MLB Europe office 
and WBC came up and Javier Castellanos, he's not here at MLB anymore, but great guy said, Hey, do you want to cover, you want the WBC website? And I said, yes, I want to run that. I want to do this. And we've kind of been, been running since there. The day we're talking, I know this is not airing for a little bit. I was in Germany. I was in Regensburg covering my first European baseball game. And in six days, I head back to the Czech Republic to cover the European Championship. So I love this. This feels like a lifetime of work coming to this moment. But in some ways, it's luck over the last year and being in the right place and, and meeting the right people. Run down some. I'll run down some of the stories that you've worked on. A Czech umpire working in the minor leagues, a female softball pitcher from Great Britain, Australia's celebration of Fixton Ball, a women's <laughs> baseball player in Canada who also happens to be a firefighter. All of the different professions on the Czech WBC team, World Baseball Classic team, a dominant French pitcher, what it's like to play baseball in Bhutan, and the female Australian Shohei Otani. Where do all these ideas come from? So this is where, you know, if I was to, it's it's friends, it's connections, and it's reading. You know, Stephen King says, if you want to be a writer, you got to read. And I think that's true of any journalist. Read everything you can. You're going to read a book that becomes background information for you later. You're going to read a sentence that for that writer's story or book meant nothing, but sends you down a rabbit hole. But at the same time, it's, getting to know people and they reach out, you know, you, you give them a call. Hey, I'm covering this. Do you know anything? Is there anything you, you know, I'll, I'll tease. Cause by the time this airs, I'll have a story on Switzerland. They are in their first European championship ever. The coach reached out to me. He saw that I was covering the stuff. And I said, yes, absolutely. Let's talk. And one of the things I found out that I never would have found out otherwise is that two of Carl Young's grandchildren the famous psychoanalyst, like the Freud contemporary, two of his grandchildren are on Switzerland's European Championship baseball roster. So you never know where stories are going to be. I think you just, you need to be open to it and, you know, just keep a note. The amount of things in a notebook that I've probably wanted to write about that I've forgotten about uh, is, you know, there's a million stories out there and you just got to be ready to find them. So I have no idea where they come from. They're just, they're everywhere. They are, and Bhutan uh, certainly qualifies as everywhere. That one got uh, attention, uh, I think, because of the photography that went with it. What was the reporting on the story of what it's like to play baseball in Bhutan like? So that is a very interesting one. So I heard about this through Ramon uh, Riesco. He is he he was in seminary school when he heard about Bhutan having baseball. He was training to be a priest, and he just. He just looked it up. He was always interested in Bhutan, you know, spiritual person. Looked up Bhutan baseball because he's from San Diego. He's a Padres fan. And they had one. And he just reached out. And he said, have you guys thought about this and this? And they said, no, why don't he, – he just basically volunteered his services. And now he's officially part of the organization. But he's, you know, reached out to tons of people, including me. And he said, did you know that in Bhutan there is baseball that – the guy who runs it originally met the the prince of Bhutan. Bhutan is a, a democracy now, but sort of similar to England, you know, has the, 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 the state figureheads. That's how he was introduced to Bhutan. Curtis Granderson got involved. And 
the weirdest thing, small world. You'll always be shocked. The, the 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 Swiss national manager lived when he lived in New York, lived a couple blocks away from where I lived on the exact same street. And Matthew DeSantis, the head of Bhutan baseball and the co-founder of it, grew up in the same county I did. So he was in New York. I said, come to the office. Let's sit down. Let's have some coffee and talk. So that one, you know, Bhutan's tough to get to. You got to fly to India first and then fly from India to Bhutan. You need permission from Bhutan to be there. So knock on wood, one day I will be there. But this this was one that was just a lot of conversations, a lot of Zoom calls at, at strange times. And yeah, just that, that photo that, that Matthew DeSantis took is, you, you want to think that your skills as a writer are what are most important, but you you get a catchy photo like that it's more important than anything you'll ever write so really really was amazing give us an example of a story where you were on site yeah so for the czech republic that was that was ahead of the wbc so i had been with the team in regensburg when they upset spain it was the first time i had seen the players you know i'd met the manager i'd met a handful of the players but just you know doing pregame stuff postgame interviews so we went I, I helped make a documentary that we made in January. We went out to the Czech Republic. We went, they they had a week of training camps because they all have jobs. So they have to like schedule this stuff to all get together. And there was an event at a brewery. They were in the second tier. They just got promoted. His name's Adam Matushka. I actually have become friends with him and, you know, uh, I'm going to hope he'll be in New York hopefully soon and we'll catch up and talk baseball. But, you know, there's this own community. They had this event at the Japanese ambassador, the, the, the Czech, the, the Japanese ambassador to the Czech Republic's house. There was a, a dinner and we were invited there to go along and film. We went to the player's jobs. We went to Martin Chervenka's job. We went to Peter Zima's job. He's a financial trader. We went to the school that Arnie DeBovey, the center fielder, teaches at. So we met the students that he teaches and he occasionally asks them, as an extra credit question in a geography quiz, what were the scores of Drazzi Berno, the team he plays for over the weekend? If the kids know, they get an extra point. So, you know, they, they welcomed us as friends. They were open and warm and lovely. I went out and had some drinks with them. I was warned by the Americans living out there. Don't go drink for drink. You can't keep up. I think that was a, a wise move. But no, they, they are some of the, the, the most wonderful people, truly devoted to baseball in a way that, you know, is, is inspiring, which is why I think their story resonated. But no, yeah, we spent the week with them, traveled with them, went to practice, had meals with them. And so I wrote that story coming out of there. And so then to be in Tokyo with them, where they were playing Japan, was kind of a, a, a remarkable thing. You know, in a way, it felt a little... It, wasn't quite this but it felt a little like i was the czech republic beat reporter so but that's yeah, good because you're uh, telling a story that wouldn't be told otherwise yes yeah which is you know it's just you know i was also reporting on japan and australia and so you know i didn't want to tie too closely but you know in the in this field and and that's one of the things where the the czech baseball story is a is a human story you don't have to be in the sports to love that story and to love those players and I think that's what makes that story really, really stand out for me is that it's the it's the story of these people doing something that they care about. And it could be baseball, it could be soccer, it could be they love Scrabble. 
and that you know it it, it really comes down to, to to their devotion to to something as a group. The thing that I think that that you take out of this would it just be something along the lines of that you you enjoy people. Yes, yes, <laughs> I, lo- I right. love people. Yep. Yeah. Cool. And and this is and you have an outlet, a great outlet to uh, essentially unleash that. Now you do other types of stories too like one that i saw recently was about a play a baseball player on the texas rangers who's very serious about photography nathaniel lowe he's at a different level than just about anyone else there's also the journalism professor he talked to this is great because it ties to this podcast in a way started a 24-hour baseball game in kansas that was very cool are there other examples of of things along that line that are just kind of like cool eclectic baseball pieces that you've done yeah. So recently, this will run later this week, Jordan Lawler was was in the office and he is a big baseball card collector. So we had him open up boxes of Bowman's Best. He got himself, which is cool. And he shared the story of the first time he was in Target and saw his face on a box. And he was like, what is this? I met Brennan Bernardino earlier this year, now the Red Sox reliever. At the time, he had recently been called up. And, you know, at the time, I think most people, myself included, knew him as a, you know, fringe reliever. And he's obviously been a lot better than that now. But he had an amazing story. He was in the Mexican leagues. He was in the independent leagues. You know, his family was following him around. He, you know, there's a lot of perseverance to get to this point. And... Again, it's that was a story I had no idea about, and then I met him, and we went, you know, down the line, and and kind of discovered that. You know, I recently talked to Fernando Cruz and Daniel Duarte, both of them Reds relievers, kind of have you know interesting careers, you know, to to get to the majors, playing in Mexico, playing you know in the minors and independent ball. You know, it's most people have something. You just gotta kind of. Find find what it is. One thing that happens, I think this is particularly true with sports and baseball media, is that you see the finished product online and it it almost looks so easy. But I'm guessing that it's not. What's the hardest part of the job for you? There's a few. I would say the hardest part is it doesn't end. There's there's not an end. It's a career where you've given yourself homework forever. If you're on, and I I try my best, you know, when I'm on vacation, not to look at email, but like things happen. And this is when this guy's available or, wow, this happened and someone else could write the story, but I want to write that story. Like, I'm not saying they couldn't do a great job, but I want to do it. It just, it never ends. You are on vacation and you're not doing a story, but you talk to someone and then something comes up and you go, I got to write that down. Let me... Let me come to that. So it's it's just, it's always having a due date. And, you know, I, I procrastinate, especially towards the end of a piece when like you're at the finish line and it's like, I can get this. That's when it's hardest to finish. It, it's a job where you always are on deadline and they never stop. So I, I'd say that might be the the hardest part of it. It's, it's a, don't get me wrong. It's a great job. It's a dream job. And in the grand scheme of things, not hard at all. Something I'm happy to do, but- What's the uh, best part? Yeah. Talking to people, I, meeting people. I mean, knock on wood, I've seen some amazing places I never thought I'd see through baseball. 
I've been in Seoul, I've been in Tokyo, I've been in the Czech Republic. Like that is, you know, baseball's the most American game. I, I thought maybe I'd get to Kansas City in my life. I don't know if I ever thought I'd, you know, <laughs> make it to, to Prague or Brunel. But no, the best part is I, I get to talk to people and I get to hear stories. And, you know, when when I have a story I'm really excited about, I get home and I'm talking to my wife and I'm just like, hey, I met this guy. That, you won't believe what he told me. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just excited. I'm excited to hear these stories and then I'm excited to share them. So that that's the best part. What's the process of writing like? My interviews run long. They always run long. Somebody says something and they want to ask another question. And then I'll say, hey, I've got two questions left. And then they say things and I go, actually, sorry, your two answers opened up a whole world of other things. So I talk forever and then I'll procrastinate a long time before I transcribe. I take it back. The hardest part of the job <laughs> is transcribing. I hate transcribing, yep. <laughs> hate hearing my own voice, hate having to hear my questions. And then I hate having to play the same answer five times back. Like even with transcription apps, if anyone has an accent, that's not flat Midwestern. It's almost of no use. So then I transcribe. I outline. I sit there. I I, I, I try and find the opening. What What's the hook? What if I was a reader is going to bring me into this and put me in the place? Sometimes it's start in the action. Sometimes it's start at the beginning. Sometimes it's talk about, you know, it's but what what is the what is the hook that's going to draw you in that if you hear this one or two sentences that you're going to say, okay, I want to read more. Because the people I'm writing about aren't known. They're not Ken Griffey Jr. They're not Juan Soto. So you need that story hook. And from there, from there, I feel like it lays itself out. I think, honestly, I, I, I think about putting a puzzle together a lot now. Creative writing is different. But for this, I have interviews. I have quotes and I have facts and I have... And it's how do you fit this together to make a compelling narrative that goes from beginning, middle to end. So it's fun once you start writing. Finishing is hard and starting is hard. But once you start, that's the fun part. The middle is the good part, certainly. Yes. Is there a journalism-related issue that you're particularly passionate about? Well, there's a big one this week. You know, it, The week that we're talking, yep. Yeah, oh yeah, sorry. The week that we're talking, the New York Times sports desk closed, which is... Crushing for a thousand reasons, just the most venerated newspaper, the one, you know, I grew up in Connecticut for the most part, and I'd get the local paper, which did a fine job, especially for the local teams, but it was all AP wire for national news. So I remember as a kid waiting for Saturday and Sunday to get the weekend time so I could get the national sports news. And then as I grew up and I was reading it every day and, you know, the shuttering of, of sports departments around the globe is is really upsetting because sports are news. Sports are stories of our communities, uh, whether it's your high school team or the Red Sox. Politics get filtered through sports. And I'm not saying sports are more important than the arts or more important than the business section. I think sports are all of those sections. So, you know, that, that that's that's probably the most pressing one right now. I truly believe people want to read good sports writing. It's just, however, the finances of the world don't make sense. And we made up the world, so I don't understand. <clears throat> we made the rules. Can we just make the rules better? So that that's probably the, the number one. There are more pressing ones, like, you know, freedom of the press across the globe. But close to home is... There's, there's less great sports writing out there. There's more great sports writers, just fewer places for them to go.
Do you think that what you're doing could translate over to if you were going to work and cover other sports? Yes, because uh, 100%, I, I think so. Um, it would be tough for me because I love baseball and I love the language of baseball and I love the culture of baseball, whatever that means. And I love talking to baseball players and I love to ask them how their days are, but I also love to ask them, hey, you swung on that 2-0 count. What was that? You know, I love to get nitty gritty. I, you know, a basketball player is as interesting as a baseball player, a soccer player, a rugby player. I would just have to learn those sports, really, and that that would be the, the, the toughest ask. How has being a writer shaped how you view the world? It has changed me in dramatic ways. I used to pretend I wasn't a people person. I think, you know, you're in high school and college and in high school, everyone hates their everyone around them. You hate your parents. You want to get out of this no future suburban town. But doing this job and calling people and talking to people is you you learn a lot about people. You learn everyone's got the same stuff they're dealing with. They have dreams and hopes and failures and struggles and time that they have to deal with and family they want to see and a vacation they want to take. It doesn't, you know, even the the richest baseball player still is like, my mom wanted to go on vacation this summer, but I'm playing baseball. You know, everyone's sacrificing something. And I think being a writer and doing this job to do it well means learning about people and, and learning, you know, just kind of accepting the fact that you are you are not the hero of your own movie nobody's watching your movie so you know find find the other movies and tell those stories two more how do you manage your mental health yeah poorly (laughs) very poorly this question there's no good answer for that one i don't sleep enough i don't eat well especially when i'm traveling like every trip I go into it being like, I know I'm going to be at the ballpark from 9 to 11. So go straight to bed when you get back, get to the gym. And invariably, I'm eating Domino's at 1 a.m. in my hotel room, finishing a story or prepping for the next morning, waking up at 8.30, showering, eating McDonald's on the go. Um, I, I don't have a good answer for that one. My wife's very important with that. Uh, and your band. Time. And my band, yes. So that that is actually what I do for my mental health. Because, so I, I have a band, the Subway Ghosts. Three other baseball writers: Dan Epstein of of BP and a few other places. Davey Andrews of Fangraphs and Mike Petriello of of MLB and and TV. Um, we're all in a band together, and that is a creative outlet that has no bosses, is loud and angry and fast, and is just fun. And it has. I don't have to worry about anyone else for a little while. So that I, that is actually probably my mental health strategy. And we should mention you're on TV too. Like occasionally, yeah. Yeah, I do I do some segments for, for Inside Stitch and, and Carded for .TV and MLB Network. Those are shows that, not surprisingly, attack topics that are like, I guess, esoteric, baseball cards and uniforms. Everybody's into fashion and certainly baseball uniforms ripe for ripe for coverage and i think people will enjoy seeing you in those venues as well last question podcast is called the journalism salute we salute you for your good work and we ask that you do likewise is there a journalist or journalism organization that you'd like to salute for their good work 
Yes. So I, I've, I've got a couple. Sure. So, and some of them are journalism adjacent because one of the things that you need, so, so the, a couple of the people I want to highlight one, they're not, these, these are in, in Czech baseball, there's uh, hang on. I want to make sure I, I get their names right. So I, I wrote them down. Sorry. I had them just here. So Yurka Blach, he runs Baseball Stat CZ. It is the fan graphs of the Czech Extraliga. If you want to know anything, there's that. Jan Jabraki, or Jabraki, he runs Mieljame Baseball. It means I love baseball. It is a Czech baseball news site. So those two people are doing just straight up, you know, at journalism or, you know, just if you want information, these people exist and you can find information about it. Then there are the people at the WBSC, Martin uh, Jorge and Alan, his last name is escaping me right now. Uh, they, so they, they're quasi, right? They are running these tournaments, but they're the ones writing the stories. And there's not many media people at some of these things. I recently covered the Women's Baseball World Cup. And other than when Canada was playing, I think I was often the only media person. But if you need information, that's on their website. That's quotes from the game are there. Without people like that, journal other journalists can't further the story, right? So they're, they're doing quasi-journalism because it's for WBSC. It's for the WBSC site. But at the same time, they're doing journalism because they're they're putting these stories out there and they're getting quotes. They're sourcing things. And same thing, people in, in Lukasher Coley from Czech Baseball Media is amazing. Eric Ballner from Australia Baseball. Those are the people you need in your life. And then I want to give one other journalist who is not someone who has helped me or that I, I use. It is Pluto Shinzawa. He is the Bruins beat writer for The Athletic. And I think his work is amazing. He takes a very hard job, day-to-day -day sports coverage, and he manages to create, it. they feel like feature stories. He creates a storyline and you can see the through line and it, you, it'll be something that happened in a game the night before, but it feels like he's been working on that story for three weeks because he's got quotes from two weeks ago. And um, I, I think he does amazing work and uh, I often try and, and emulate his ability to tell a story along a game, alongside a game story when I'm doing my work. Awesome. Those are all certainly good. That's a unique group of people that I don't <laughs> think we'll be getting from any other guests that we have on this podcast. Michael Clare. MLB.com covering the wide world of baseball. Thank you for joining us. Oh my God, Mark, thank you for having me. Always a thrill and uh, yeah, good, good, good time. Thank you for listening to the Journalism Salute. Please let us know what you think of the show. You can find us on Twitter at JournalismPod and you can email us at JournalismSalute at gmail.com.